Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay on a rather grey and blustery May the 20th. I'm going to have more on the weather coming up, actually. But first, our top story today is all about the trains in Kent. The government has announced the biggest shake-up to the rail network in 30 years. But what will it all mean for you? Well, they're proposing an organisation known as Great British Railways comes in to run timetables, fares and the upkeep of the tracks and signals, etc., effectively replacing network rail. And the idea is that it helps services to run on time. Good news. Well, first, let's hear from the main man, the Transport Secretary. I don't want to go back to the days of British Rail either. We had declining passenger numbers and railway uh, stations closed and things. Um, So this will be still with the involvement of the private sector, running the concessions, running the actual trains, but they get paid for running those trains on time. You might have noticed Grant Shapps mentioned their concessions. That's because franchises are being scrapped. However, private companies like Southeastern in Kent will still operate the trains, just the deal is done under a different name. But unions and campaign groups say they're the reason tickets are still so high and nothing really is going to change. John Bosco and Wogbo is the campaign's officer at We Own It, who want the trains to be state-run again. He's been speaking to Jamie. At this very moment, private companies care a great deal more about profit than they care about um, providing a service that is fit for purpose. Um, and of course, you know that given the fact that we have been in lockdown for the last year and a half, and we're only beginning to come out of it now, um, we need to bring people back into the trains. Right. And in order to increase the traffic um, in trains and make our trains kind of um, help us fight um, the climate disaster, um, we need to put in place um, new forms of running the trains that um, um, cuts fares for people. You can't be making people come back to the trains if they have to pay more to use it now than they paid before they went into lockdown. Um, Yes, and that's not going to be provided by having private companies in the system. It's um, what's going to do that is um, taking the rail completely into public ownership. By one estimate, we would be able to cut rail fares by 18% if we took it into public ownership. And what are some of the biggest things you think that commuters are going to be looking for as they head back onto trains after lockdown now? Well, they're going to be looking at cost. Um, we know that... Um, um, the, that the prices of used cars have actually gone up during um, the pandemic, and that's because people were buying more of them and people have been driving more during the pandemic. And if those people are going to be convinced to come back to the trains, um, it has to be, number one, cost-effective for them, and number two, it has to do the job of taking them from point A to point B without as much hassle. As, as possible, right? And with the fragmentation of the system pretty much intact, despite this new um, announcements by the government, um, there's not very much that um, it, that is in these new regulations that will bring people back to the trains. Um, the government has announced um, the introduction of new flexible tickets, which uh, might save some people money, and that is not a bad thing at all. But we could be saving a lot more people money and we could be um, kind of um, um, creating a a rail system that is contiguous across the country and is able to take people from point A to point B without the hassle that we currently have in the system. 
Part of the reshuffle, as John Bosco mentioned, is the introduction of flexible tickets, which should bring costs down for some commuters. Tony Clayton is a councillor in Sevenoaks and also a rail campaigner. He's been chatting to our colleagues at KMTV. The things that are still unclear are how much this is going to be controlled from Whitehall. And we really don't want a system that's 100% controlled from Whitehall because the record of Whitehall in letting contracts and controlling service quality is, is abysmal. It's much, much worse than Transport for London. And it's also not clear what's going to happen to fares, nor is it clear who we as a Rail Travellers Association actually talk to when things go wrong or when we want, you know, when we want a better service. Because the rail operator will not set the timetable. Somebody else will set the timetable. We hope it's going to be somebody in the southeast. I mean, we asked for an equivalent to Transport for London for the southeast. We asked for a, you know, a rail southeast, which would cover Kent, Sussex, Surrey, Hampshire, maybe, to do for us what Transport for London and the Mayor do for travellers in London. Uh, it's not clear from the white paper, as far as I've read it this morning, how far we're going to get that. We could, and if we did, we'd be happy. Uh, but if we've got to go and talk, to, I mean, that, if we've got to go and talk to somebody in Whitehall, uh, experience says they don't listen, and they're very hard to talk to in the first place. You can also read about this story today and what the changes will mean at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. Other top news today, and a man in his 20s has died after a car crashed into a tree on the A2 near Dover. The road was closed coastbound for several hours following the collision at Shepherdswell last night. Another man in his 20s was treated for injuries which are not thought to be serious. A teenager has gone on trial accused of murdering a man whose body was found in a wheelie bin in Medway. Jamie has the details for the podcast. The discovery was made on Delfs Road in Rochester back in October after 38-year-old Stephen Chapman had been reported missing. The dad of five had been stabbed and had acid poured over him. A court's been told 19-year-old George Knights, who lives on the road, apparently bragged about the killing at a party before taking stolen drugs. He denies murder and the trial continues. A Longfield man who used his company's PayPal to steal £17,000 has avoided going to jail. Dean Jeff Jeffries used it to buy 250 items for himself between March and August 2018 before a colleague noticed he'd been misusing the account. The 42-year-old from Merton Avenue has been given a suspended sentence and ordered to 25 rehab sessions. New research shows more than a third of children in some parts of Kent were growing up in poverty even before the pandemic. Almost 105,000 youngsters were in households struggling to make enough money to live off between 2019 and 2020. Dover and Gravesham have the highest rates, while Thanet and Gillingham have seen the biggest increase since 2015. Judith Kavanagh is from the End Child Poverty Coalition, which is behind the report. She says the government needs to set ambitious targets to help youngsters. There has to be greater investment in children's benefits. There has to be tackling low pay and insecure work. They have to tackle the high costs of um, housing in our big cities and um, the cost of childcare across the country. Um, it needs a really comprehensive, ambitious plan, or we will continue to see um, more children pulled, pulled beneath the poverty line and, and into poverty. And it's, 
it's a really distressing picture because children are losing their childhoods. You can't get those years back. You, I was talking to a young person the other day and they said, I imagine that if you didn't grow up in poverty, you just wake up every morning free, free from worry. And that's what his childhood was like. Every morning there was just worry, worry about what the day would bring, worry about what would happen at school, worry about the future, worry about what he was going to find when he got home. Um, and that's just desperately, desperately unjust and it's not right. And it's not the childhood that we all as a, a nation, I think, believe children deserve. Well, the government insists they're spending billions on welfare following the COVID crisis. Meantime, a Kent charity which helps families in crisis says an avalanche of people experiencing food poverty will need their support this summer. United Families say they were helping between 25 and 30 families a week from Deal, Dover, Folkestone and the surrounding villages during the last three school holidays. They're now preparing for the summer break and are appealing for food and cash to help support parents in the county. Kent Online reports. One person remains in a life-threatening condition in hospital following an explosion that destroyed a house in Ashford. Seven people were injured in the blast in Willsbridge just over two weeks ago, which is thought to have been caused by a leak from a portable gas heater. A just-giving page for the victims has now raised more than £10,000. The MP for Sevenoaks has quizzed the Attorney General in the Commons today over what criminal cases she thinks are most important going forward amid a huge backlog. Can he reassure me that the Crown Prosecution Service will do all it can to prioritise cases of domestic violence and sexual abuse uh, in the backlog, as we know these types of cases have a high drop-off rate the longer the delay? We told you earlier this week there were 57,000 outstanding Crown Court trials across the country in March. This was Michael Ellis's response to Laura Trott. In my right honourable friend's constituency, um, the CPS South East region which covers her area, are identifying domestic abuse cases working with the courts and tribunal service to ensure that these cases can be listed before the court as a priority um, and that trial dates can be brought forward to avoid any unnecessary delay. So she's right to focus on the issue and work is being done in support of her point. A new appeal has been launched to try and find a missing Kent man whose vehicle was found in West Berkshire a month ago. Doug Carroll was first reported missing from Tunbridge Wells on April the 20th and his disappearance is said to be out of character. Police have released new pictures of him, which you can see at Kent Online. On to that weather I mentioned earlier and there is a warning for strong winds across Kent. The Met Office has issued a yellow alert till late tomorrow evening. They say it could cause some travel disruption and maybe even damage to buildings. Gusts will be at their strongest on the coast. The Kent Online podcast has been told work on luxury apartments over an historic pavilion in Folkestone should get underway this autumn. Anyone interested in buying one of the properties can now reserve it. Money from the sale will be used to help restore the former theatre and nightclub on the Lees, which has fallen into disrepair. We're being given the chance to explore the wreckage of a 70-gun warship that sank off the Kent coast from the comfort of our own homes. Historic England has launched a 3D virtual tour of the Stirling Castle, which shipwrecked at Goodwin Sands during the Great Storm of 1703. The vessel was found in 1979 by divers from Thanet. And with all the talk of travelling abroad again, we've taken a look back at the history of one of Kent's airports. Lid first opened to passengers back in 1954 after taking just six months to build and has welcomed Hollywood stars and even royalty. Now known as Lyd London Ashford Airport, at one point it was one of the busiest in the UK and is now 
used for private travel, cargo and training. You can see some fantastic pictures from back in the day at Kent Online. Kent Online Sport. Cricket and it's been a pretty frustrating return to the Spitfire Ground St Lawrence for Kent fans today. After more than a year away because of Covid, the start of action in their championship game against Glamorgan has been disrupted by the bad weather. Kent are yet to win a game so far this season. Their last match against Sussex ended in a draw. And in football, there's a new signing at Chelsea. He's a seven-year-old from Greenhithe. Macken Peerless had been approached by Charlton, West Ham, Spurs, Fulham and Crystal Palace before putting pen to paper on a deal at the Premier League side. He's been playing the game since he was just two. You can see some of his skills in action on the website. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Kent Online. You can also subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.